Welcome to Care AfriCast, the show that takes you behind the scenes of care in East, Central, and Southern Africa, an international humanitarian organization dedicated to fighting global poverty and providing relief to those in need. I am your host, Kelly Muthusi, and I'm thrilled to have you join us on this journey. In the past few episodes, we have had a deep dive into climate change and its impact on Earth. Our special guest, Jikondi Chabuvata, CARE's a regional advocacy advisor in Southern Africa, shared the effects of climate change plus her personal experience when Cyclone Freddy hit Malawi. If you missed it, you can go back. It's part one of this episode. In this second part of the episode, Chikondi shares with us how locally-led adaptation strengthens climate resilience and how the youth's role transforms our future. Let's get started. The role of um, youth in climate action is undeniable. Mm -hmm. How can we better engage and empower the youth of Africa to activate participants in climate change, mitigation and adaptation efforts? The, I think the youth, like the future, I mean, they have to really take action now because they, they need to be on the forefront. This is, their, this is their present and this is their future. So youth have specific asks, they have specific needs and that cannot go, you know, under the carpet. It needs to be brought, like they need to be in the spaces where decisions are made. As care, we are about locally led, like have that locally led adaptation. We have several analysis, several assessments that really guide that. And we want youth to inform decisions. Youth have to be the ones that say, this is where we want the money to be invested. So when it comes to youth involvement, it's about making sure they are part of the decision. They are making the decisions. They are informing policy practice and they are informing budgetary allocations. When it comes to budgetary allocation, it means investment. So we want investment into youth adaptation programs. We yeah. want uh, investment into youth mitigation. Youth have so much innovation when it comes to climate change. How can we invest in that? If we do that, we are protecting our future. We are protecting the human species. So let's really take it as um, a priority to invest in the youth and also other groups that might be forgotten when it comes to these discussions. So that's what I would say. Um, how do we better engage them? I've talked about having, um, having them lead in assessments, in analysis. The other aspect that I would say is listening. Listen to the youth. It's not enough to just have them on the table. You know, like that, let's move from being very tokenistic as you know, policy, as, as um, in all spaces, let them listen to what they have to say. They have right insights. Every time I am engaging with the youth, I'm blown away by the solutions that they bring. So we, if we are looking at solution-oriented programming, solution-oriented climate adaptation, let the youth lead. That's what I would say. You actually spoke about the locally-led adaptation. And how is care involved in the locally-led adaptation? Is there maybe a specific um, 
project you could look at and just share maybe a small insight and what has been uh, what have you observed over such uh, such a project care has the unique approach to listen to communities when it comes to program design so there are specific tools that have been developed by care uh, such as the climate vulnerability uh, assessment tools and also other tools the, the gender participatory tools uh, gender analysis tools these tools are being put in place to, to kind of take it down, like communities, what are the issues? In the simplest of terms, they list their problems. Out of these problems, what do you think are the solutions? And they come up, okay, for this issue, we feel this is the solution. Okay, we have proposed the solutions. What should we prioritize? Because we cannot solve everything at once. And the communities will prioritize to say, let's go for this. So those community adaptation plans are the ones that we say, let them go to the lowest uh, structures that are there and let them be funded. Rather than having these um, stamped programs on paper to say, this is what works here. Yeah. We are saying every community is unique. I have talked of um, co communities that are around coral reefs. Their needs are different from communities that are in uplands. Mm -hmm. So each community lets design programs based on their needs. Mm -hmm. And for us as care, that is the way we would like to go. And we would want donors. We have donors that are rallying behind us mm -hmm. and we want everybody to rally. We want governments to rally behind because this is the way to go. When we are designing these programs, it has to have those people in mind. It has to have them leading and there's ownership. This will not be, oh, care came and they did this. No, it would be, we designed this and care supported us to move from here to here. Mm. Communities have solutions. They know, they know this. We, we help them with the capacity to understand and link issues to policy but then let them feel that they are the ones leading. Mm. That's what we do. Yeah. And that's what we would encourage all governments to do. Some governments have started you know, rallying behind this. It's not just care. We are one player in this. There are so many players that are doing this. So if we all hold hands and say, let's have this movement mm. and have communities lead, we are good. As an example, we have a set up what we are calling a locally led adaptation platform from Zambia and it's representing Southern Africa. So what we have done on that platform is we have had everyone from the district, from the community, from researchers in one space where we could say, okay, which adaptation programs are working? And we probably critique to say, okay, this is not working. This let's proceed. How are we including all aspects? The yeah. research aspect, mm -hmm. how is our research responding to the needs of the people? How is our budgeting responding to the needs of the people? Mm -hmm. And even when it comes to um, decision-making, who is part of those, those decision-making uh, spaces? Mm -hmm. So we are informing as a collective, and that collectivism is we would like to grow it yeah. to all of Africa. We want to have Africa say, for Africa, we are going to inform what we want climate adaptation to look like. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. The people speaking. Mm -hmm. When it comes to people power, this is what we mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful.
I think you could go on. And <laughs> I <go>. could. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. That's 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 really great to hear, and it's actually in line with the Africa Climate Summit, yeah. where we are Africa is looking for solutions mm-hmm. and not just saying we are being the most affected, mm-hmm. but we can actually look for solutions, exactly. and that's really amazing. Yeah. So. Final question. It's 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 tearing inside that this is the last question. We but can go on. <laughs> yeah. What can people do mm-hmm. to help address climate change? Mm-hmm. Um, is it joining organizations? What 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 are some of the things that come to mind that even us on the outside mm-hmm. or even us um, even inside outside? How can we all yeah. help? Um, address climate change? There's a lot that we can do. Um, First of all, I think let us be aware that climate change is a priority. It is affecting all facets. You cannot do developmental programs without, you know, embedding in climate change. So we need to be aware that climate change cuts across. And when we are designing programs, when we are designing bridges, roads, school structures, hospitals, whatever it is, even malls for like advanced countries, let's have climate change embedded. How is climate change mainstreamed within that? That's for one, having as a priority. The second thing we need to do is have a conscious uh, sort of living. Um, so that's where we are saying uh, you need to be following at least the principles of protecting the earth, be less of a consumer and more of saving the planet. And you can do that by not, you know, adding to the destruction of the planet. If you are using fossil fuels, have a way of reducing that. And by that, it means maybe if you use a car all the time, how can you reduce your car consumption? Is it buying a bicycle? Is it walking sometimes to work? If it's not safe, what other modes of transport? Using public transport. When it comes to food, making sure that our livestock is not being industrial farmed, but really locally bred because it's more, it, more, it saves the earth more than the industrial agriculture. Then other aspect that we can think we can think of is just how we live daily. Um, how are we constructing our homes? How are we using water? Uh, just those daily decisions that we make. Every decision we make impacts the next person because climate change knows no borders. Yeah. What I do here impacts others. We know that we are carrying a responsibility of what rich nations did in the past during the industrial era and climate change is here. But what can we do now to save and protect the future? We have disappearing uh, species across the world. What can we do to protect those species? I think there's technology that's coming in as well. Let us see how that can help you know, to save some of the earth, you know, what we have. We have no planet B. Mm. This is the only world we have. This is our only home. How do we make it habitable for the next person? I can go on. But then the final thing I would like to say is that, um, as I've said, climate change sees no borders. Let's see how our policies can be informed by climate change. Policies decide which direction we go as countries, 
as Africa, as a globe. So let us take an active role in understanding our policies responding to issues of climate change. If they are not, let's push for that. Let's have a movement of people across the world who are saying, who are questioning decisions, who are asking the right questions, critiquing where it's needed and providing that constructive feedback that will help us to move towards progress. We have set ourselves on a goal of like the sustainable development goals as well. We have a few years left, yeah? I think we have like seven years or yeah. so left to get yeah. to that. Yeah. How do we ensure we get to that with climate yeah. change at the back of our minds? Every month or so, we are hearing death of people yeah. due to climate change. Yeah. We're hearing of flooding, we're hearing of drought. The, the, like the impacts are just coming up stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. Let's find a way to adapt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and also push. Like, like if we have a co collective to so say push, this should not just be our responsibility. Everybody across the world, rich countries, they all need to take up and own this together. Mm -hmm. We are in this together. What you do in America, what you do in England, what you do in Kenya, what you do in South Africa, what you do in Somalia impacts everybody. So let us have that solidarity that we are together in this. Let us help each other to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for basing us with your presence and even giving us more insights and strategies and solutions. If you want to find more on Chikoni, uh, our social medias are very much open on LinkedIn, on Twitter. If you want to get to know what CARE is also doing on the climate, you can check out the CARE Climate site. That concludes another insightful episode of CARE Africa. Don't forget to subscribe for more enriching conversations and stay informed on the issues that matter. Let's continue to raise awareness, foster dialogue, and work towards a more sustainable and resilient future. Stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, take care.